Hey, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another great episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Ha! There ain't nothing light about today until we get our guest. In about a half an hour, we're going to hook up with Craig Kashan. Yeah, we finally pried him away from the microphone with the Milwaukee Brewers and from the time with the Bucks. And we're going to get a half an hour, 45 minutes with Craig, our old buddy. Used to be our partner, our co-host. Now he's a co-ghost. And uh, get it? Anyway, um, it, I, had to do a, I had to do a podcast before. As uh, my listeners know, I don't really have much love left for uh, the Ricketts family. Uh, they were ready to pour out $4 billion for Chelsea, but they won't pay Baez, Darvish, Bryant, Rizzo, Castellanos, Schwarber. And now here we go again. They're acting like the they're acting like the Rays. And they're acting like the A's. And uh, they're the Cubs, the third biggest market. They've got this gigantic local TV station that they own. They got sixty million from Apple, YouTube, Peacock, Poo Poo, whatever. They got the rest of the Fox money, the ESPN money. They got tons of money to buy a soccer team. They this is stupid. I mean, there might be a listener out there. Oh, come on, Uretsky. You know it's fun to watch the kids. They're really coming on. Okay, now. These kids that are fun to watch, let's, let's just say that they're 60% of Chris Bryant and 50% of Baez and 30% of Contreras and on and on you get the drift. In another four years, oh my God, this guy, whoever it is, is it Simo? Morel, I love the nickname, Simo. Is it Simo four years from now? Oh, I've got to dump him. We'll get some prospects. You know, here's the deal. Jed Hoyer is so bad. He's telegraphed his hand for so frigging long. If, if you're going to get rid of Contreras, like I said, with Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, Darvish, get rid of them in the offseason and get something for them, like before they're a free agent and everybody knows, ah, Dude, you're trying to unload them for August and September. Two months. We got these guys for August and September, and you think we're going to give you something? We got nothing. The Cubs got nothing uh, except a couple promising A-ball players. Uh, For Kimbrell, we got Madrigal, and he's done nothing but stink when he's not on the ILDL URL. This this is a scam, and and hopefully none of you listeners have fallen for it. Now, what do you do? I was out at Wrigley yesterday, emotional day, uh, 38,000 the night before. Can you believe that? uh, 38,000, 34,000 yesterday to say goodbye to Wilson Contreras. That's what they were there for. They weren't there to see the Pirates. Name a Pirate. Name somebody on the Pirates. And don't go back to uh, Jerry Seinfeld and go, Newman, there's a Newman. Don't go back and say, well, they've got that six foot six uh, shortstop. Oh my God, the guy can't throw. He's got a Steve Sachs problem right now, man, and a Chuck Knobloch problem. He's throwing the ball all over the place, but he goes at 100 miles an hour. Dude can fling it. Cabrian, 
whatever his name is, the third base is the real deal. Good guy. But speaking of attendance, how'd you like to be Reinsdorf? Your team's got all these players that are supposedly studs. You ought to be in first place in that crappy division by 10 games. You're drawing nothing. Now everybody go, oh, well, look at this, the south side of Chicago, baloney. You know what? Baloney. Reinsdorf could do stuff to make it appealing. Could, and, I, you know, Jerry's a friend. I'm not trying to be down on Jerry. But I'm, I'm trying to balance it out because I'm going to rip on Ricketts again for the millionth time. And for you listeners, you know, if, if, you, if you think there's anything good about this week and the trade deadline and the crop of crap that's come up, Schwindel, Wisdom, Bodie, who they paid. Bodie's the only long-term contract they've given. The guy is a triple-A-plus player. Schwindel's a triple-A-minus player. Wisdom, you know, I hate to take up a roster spot with the guy. Yeah, he hits a lot of home runs, but give me a friggin' break. Now, and here's the deal. I mean, there's so many deals. Um, the roster. If you go back and you look at the uh, last 12 months and what the Cubs have done and couldn't do, here's the starting lineup. In left field and leading off, Ian Happ. In center field, batting second, Simo. Christopher Morell. Batting third. In right field, Suzuki. Yeah, I'm just going left to right and putting them in the batting order. They can play anywhere in any position. Batting fourth at third base, Chris Bryant. Batting fifth at shortstop, Javi Baez. Batting sixth at second base. Okay, I'd, I'd probably put Horner over there. And Morel, like I said, in center field. Nico's the real deal. I've said that forever. The guy's good. And then at first base, Rizzo. Bat him seventh, Contreras eighth, and you can flip the batting order. And here are my DHs. I've got a left-handed DH named Kyle Schwarber. I've got a right-handed DH named Castellanos. And I've got a pitching staff comprised of uh, Stroh, uh, Darvish, Smiley, Miley, da-da-da-da-da, Kimbrell. And a few of the guys that were in the bullpen last year that they gave away. Now, that's just, oh, my God, you know, how could they do that? Well, the Yankees do it, the Mets do it, the Dodgers do it, the Angels try to do it. And this is amazing, the income Ricketts gets off of the Cubs. So we're out there, we're watching Standing O, number one, Standing O, number two, Standing O, number three, the game's over. I mean, the only one that didn't come out and kiss Willie Contreras and make him cry even more was Billy Williams. You know, I was surprised that Harry Carey didn't come out. He did sing the seventh inning. And, um, you know, it was sad. Sad because what the hell are they doing? They're, they're, they're acting like they're acting like a uh, small market team that really has no money. And, and there isn't a small market team that can make that claim. It's BS. So they're not going to get anybody to replace any of these guys. And if they did, they'd get rid of them. So they're going to do the trade deadline polka forever, as long as Ricketts 
the wimp of the year owns the team. The wimp of the year. And, I, you know, I, I hope that somebody – uh, it's, just, it's just too much to put into words other than that's what I do. So let me tell you this. When Reinsdorf bailed, and we talked a little bit about this, you know, back 10 or 15 years ago, man, he got lambasted. But now if you say anything bad on the network <coughs> – excuse me. I don't have COVID. I just coughed. If you say anything bad on the network, man, you get fired. And so um, the Tribune lays off him. Oh, my God. This is, this is, it is bait and switch. The stupid fans, what they should have done after the fourth standing ovation, they should have walked out. Like I remember the Royals fans tried to, tried to orchestrate a walkout to protest horrible baseball in Kansas City. And um, they never actually walked out. But that would have been cool if however many people, and there weren't 34,000 people like they had announced, um, if all those people in the seventh inning after Harry sang just got up and left, flipped the bird, screw you, Ricketts, we're not that stupid. But, oh, yeah, we are. It's like these fans, instead of going to Disneyland, they go to Wrigley, and they don't know any better. And so if you if, – if, if you told me, well, let's protest and leave the game, they'd go, hell no, I haven't been on the runaway mine train or I haven't ridden all the e, e-ticket rides at Disneyland. Now, to refresh you youngsters' memories, e-tickets, they used to have, when you'd go pay your entry fee, they'd give you a booklet. And you had like six e-tickets and six D-tickets and so on and so forth. As the alphabet went down, so did the coolness of the ride. So the e-tickets were the hot rides. Runaway mine train for a, you know, to me, I love the Country Bear Jamboree. I mean, I could go listen to those guys, watch those guys. That was probably a B ticket at best. I think A was a ticket to the toilet. And so, you know, speaking of the toilet, that's where the Cubs are going. God, it's just, does nobody care? These guys... Like, under the guise of, well, we'll get somebody, you know, we'll develop somebody. They don't get anything for these guys. If they got if they got a number one or two prospect, I'd say, okay, you know, I get that. But they don't. In fact, the rumor today was they were looking at the Mets want Robertson and um, uh, Willie Contreras. Wilson. But the GM of the... Mets go, we're not getting rid of our one and two. No way. So that gets down to the 50th or 60th prospect in baseball. And, and again, for two months, I went, what? August and September, that's it. And why would anybody give up anything? I'd tell Hoyer to go. Now, if, if this is his plan, then he should be fired. But it's, it's the wimp. Now, after the game yesterday, this is funny, I, and I can't take total credit for it. I heard it on the radio, sort of, but I'm adding a little to it. This guy on the radio call-in show goes, hey, you know what? There's a white flag flying over Wrigley Field, but it's a flag of surrender. It's not a victory flag. And I thought, well, the flag that they put up there, it's still up there because they won their sixth game in a row yesterday, which is kind of funny. They can beat teams from Pennsylvania like nobody else. And, of course, the Pirates, I, you know, they were pretty good a month ago. I, I don't know what the hell happened to them. And, of course, Bryce Harper's hurt with the Phillies. And, 
They don't care. I mean, again, these guys are getting a lot of money, and they don't care. So, um, the white flag. It's a surrender flag, but there is a big blue W on that flag. And you know what it stands for? Not a win. It stands for wimp. That's right. Ricketts is a wimp. It's a total friggin' wimp who... God love him, knows how to make a lot of money. I mean, you can't even believe how big the fan duel or whatever the hell the name of it is, whoever they went in with as their betting gambling partner, you cannot believe how big it is. It takes up from the right field corner all the way to the box office located really equal distance to first base. I mean, if you cut a hole through Wrigley Field's wall uh, where the, where the uh, draft king or fan duel or whoever they're going in with, you, you'd look at first base. So they have made clubs everywhere. Now they have a two- or three-story gambling facility. I mean, it's, it's big. I mean, I saw the hole in the ground. I thought, yeah, it's pretty big. It's, it's uh, going to be big. And so I think you can gamble all year round. You can stroll on into Wrigley, get a beer, watch TV, and bet on the Bears over under. How many points will the Bears lose by? Um, all that. So there you go. I mean, my God, they're talking about getting rid of. They aren't going to have anybody. Like I said, the lineup that they had in their grasp this year, Darvish, Stroman, Hendricks, Smiley, Miley, Thomas, Thompson, Steele, Sampson, and all the bullpen that they got rid of last year and they have this year, all that they've gotten, Kimbrell, um, now, why don't they have that team? Why don't they have? Well, you know, Willie's getting a little long in tooth. Why would we pay? Why would we pay an old thirty-year-old catcher? Eh, Rizzo, man, I think he's asking for a little more than. Wait a friggin' minute. Overpay him. Like I said last year, sign or sell. If you don't want to pay, I understand. I understand. You know, let Baez go to the Tigers and. Chris Bryant go to the Rockies? Man, why people go to Scott Boris? Well, because he gets a lot of money for his clients. Yeah, okay. Colorado? Come on, Bryant, get some gonads. Jiminy Christmas. I mean, they have as big a chance of going to the World Series this year as uh, my grandkids' Little League team. It ain't going to happen. Now, Rizzo may see some playoffs because he's with the Pinstripers. Baez in Detroit, are you kidding? It's going to snow there before the end of the year. Darvish, he's still bringing it. How stupid, man. You know, I can see, if you again, if you can get something, Hoyer sucks. Theo sucked. I mean, most of the guys that are good were signed by Jim Hendry or the guy before Hendry. Really. I mean, he traded for Chris Bryant. I mean, for Rizzo, I think he drafted Bryant. That was a no-brainer. Hendry drafted Contreras, 
And um, the guy that was the manager of my uh, fantasy team, my fantasy, no, not my fantasy, yeah, fantasy camp, well, whatever that guy's name was, he drafted Bios. So what's Theo done? What's Hoyer done? Nothing. All they care about is Crane Kenny can bring in some money for this or that. We'll have a lot of concerts. We'll build a casino. We will have a, um, our own TV network. And, oh, we're going to put all that back into baseball. Baloney. Baloney. And I'm stupid enough to keep buying tickets. You know, it's, it, it's like, look in the mirror if you want to see the most idiotic guy in the world. There you are. Um, anyway, that is that. I mean... Oh, it's just sad. So anyway, uh, Reinsdorf's averaging 24,000. The Cubs are averaging 34,000. The Cubs are 22 under 500. The White Sox are hovering around, trying not to not to go under. Huh. And here's the reason for that is La Russa, T-Bone. Anyway, what's good? Let's see the induction of the Hall of Fame. How cool. You know, I touched on it last time, but I'm going to touch on it again because... I'm going to talk a little bit more about the three guys that went into the Hall of Fame that I met and had the good fortune to meet, either through uh, my buddy Nelly or through the Omaha Royals or through, you know, whatever. But, I mean, I um, would I like to be involved in baseball every day? Would I like to be broadcasting every day? Would I like to do a podcast where somebody would go out and get me the relevant players instead of uh, – you know, not that I had a marketing section. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 quit moaning and groaning. But I have been fortunate in that I have had some uh, overlap with baseball. So, number one, the guy who I cried about when the White Sox traded him in 1959 in the spring to the Cleveland Indians in exchange for the left fielder Al Smith, none other than the Cuban Comet, Minnie Minoso. Now, they have put one of those gizmos over the N that um, you use in the Hispanic dialect. So he was Minnie Minoso for 80 years that he played baseball or however long he played. And now he's Minnie Minoso, like Minos. Minoso. And that's fine. He's Minnie to me. The Cuban Comet. I mean, he was beloved by every kid in Chicago. And when they traded him, and then they won the pennant, and then Bill Feck, they brought him back. And, and I mean, he played in five decades. And Jerry Reinsdorf brought him back. I mean, the guy was an amazing. He should have been put in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and again, I can only dwell on so many negative topics in for, you know, for a short while. I prefer to hammer on the Cubs, the white flag Ricketts, the wimp, the W on the blue f on the white flag for what Ricketts is. He's a wimp. He, and you say, what do you mean he's a wimp? He bought the team. He bought all the real estate around it. He developed all sorts of money-making ventures. Hey, you know, he's not a wimp. No, he's afraid of his dad. He's afraid of his dad. And if he were sitting here today, go, I, he wouldn't want to fight, and I'm not trying to fight. I'm just calling it like it is. Uh, his dad is a multi-billionaire. 
And I'm sure Tom is a multi-millionaire, and his brothers and his sister are too. Uh, his dad, um, you know, pumps maybe billions into a political action uh, corporation, PAC. Um, and he, you know, there are a few times when he'd criticize the Cubs for this or that. Sign or sell, man. Sign or sell. But why many didn't get inducted into the Hall of Fame while he was alive, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he wasn't around for a long time. Played at least five different decades. And um, he won gold gloves. He had 299. I mean, he had the, he had the statistics if they have to rely on stats to get into the Hall of Fame, which I think is stupid. Why isn't Tommy John? Can anybody tell me why Tommy John, another White Sox, big number 25, I believe, why the big lefty isn't in the Hall of Fame? Can't figure that out. Well, Mike Messina and um, uh, Bert Blylevin and all these guys that are no better uh, than Tommy John. And why isn't Tommy John? He's a nice guy. couldn't have pissed off anybody. But anyway... So there's one, and I met many a few times, and like I said, I, I cried when he was traded. When I was nine years old in 59, he's traded, I'm crying. I mean, I was an emotional wreck because, and then they get him back after they win the World Series. Oh, my God. No, the pennant, sorry. They lost to the Dodgers in six. Okay. Um, so I still have a few more minutes before I get with Craig, so I can rail a little bit more. But I love the Hall of Fame. So Minnie's there. I got to get out there to see Minnie's stuff. His wife gave a very elegant, eloquent speech and um, talked about sending a lot of memorabilia out to the Hall of Fame. I'd love to see it. I want to see it. Um, Minnie. Oh, my God. Why? The first, first Cuban-born player to play in the major leagues. And what a, what a line of folks followed him. Oh, my God. The baby bull, Orlando Cepeda. And on and on and on, Chico Carrasquil, and he may have been from Venezuela. All the shortstops come from Venezuela, and outfielders come from Cuba. Cuba. Anyway, Minnie was the guy, face of the White Sox for a long time. Uh, number nine, Arrestus Minoso, and um, you know, did Minnie have a few faults? I bet, like don't we all? But as a baseball playing guy. His little saggy number nine uniform, man. It was great. I'd love to get a Minosa jersey. Whew. What would I do with it? I got so many jerseys. Can somebody find me a guy that wants to buy a lot of jerseys? I got Kerry Wood. I got Whitey Ford. I got Arietta. I've got a batting practice jersey from an all-star game. I got a jersey signed by Prince Fielder. I mean, I got, I got on and on and on and on and on. Salvi. And boy. Okay. Number two guy, Tony Leva. Guy should have been in a long time ago. One of the sweet swings in baseball. I'd say not quite as sweet as Billy Williams or Tony Gwynn, but really sweet. I mean, and Tony Leva, number six for the Minnesota Twins. He could friggin' rake. And uh, because of Nelly's golf tournament in St. Croix, I was able to spend a week. He, they, these guys couldn't shake me, even though they couldn't understand what I was saying. I'd still sit with them and laugh and just listen to what they were saying in Spanish. Um, so this place that we all stayed in St. Croix for this golf tournament 
was, um, you know, it was nice, but it wasn't the Four Seasons. And <clears throat> the Latin, uh, Latino ballplayers enjoyed getting a chair, a little folding chair, whatever kind of chair, and sitting out in front of their room on the porch. You've all seen these motel hotels where there's, on the first floor, there's a nice little patio and nice little setup. And, and so they would tend to go out there and just talk. And I would tend to just go out there and sit down because they couldn't get rid of me. There's nowhere for them to go. So, I mean, at any one time, you would have uh, Tony Oliva, you would have Louis Tiant, you would have Mike Cuellar, and I know I'm leaving out a few other guys, but, I mean, this was so cool for me. I mean, and, of course, Louis Tiant, El Tiante, could speak brilliant English. Oliva could speak English. Uh, Cuellar, not quite so well. But um, what a treat to meet Tony Oliva and for him to go in the Hall of Fame, it's about time. Then, speaking of it's about time, the third guy that I've met and spent a little more time with, but not that much, uh, as his niece said in her wonderful, wonderful presentation for uh, Buck O'Neill, who his family called Johnny, Uncle Johnny. Um, she gave a really nice speech. Um, she she made a, a a nice speech that wove in the Hall of Fame people, the players that played. The um, was pretty nice about Buck getting shunned by the Hall of Fame in 2006, but yet turning up to make a speech for the 17 members of the hall that got into the hall of fame through the negro leagues and we wove in his uh his religion how religious he was wove his, his optimism concluded with the song he sang um but basically said how lucky i am how wonderful it is to be here with all of you you know i think she said the, the song had 10 words but I did not do it any service, but Buck sang it, and it was a wonderful song, and it typified Buck. I got to know him before the 1994 Ken Burns uh, work that Buck became famous for, because he was the face of the Negro League Museum, face of the Negro Leagues, and he was the star of Ken Burns' baseball, nine, nine innings of baseball, and then they did an extra inning deal, but Buck was great. But before all that, Buck was a, uh, not only was Buck a great player and a, the first African-American coach in the major leagues with the Chicago Cubs, but he also was um, a scout. And so when my family owned the Omaha Royals, there was Buck with his radar gun at virtually every home game, sitting there, you know, all 110 pounds of him. The guy was in such great shape took such great care of himself, and he would sit there uh, with the scouts, and I'd go down and talk to him, and it was fun, and then he'd get bored talking to me, he'd get up and go talk to my uncle, who rarely watched a game, but he went back to my uncle's office, and, you know, as my uncle would say, we kibitzed for three or four innings every night. I mean, imagine that. Nobody knew who Buck really was, except a few people. I, I mean, I knew who he was and where he played and that he coached with the Cubs. But, I mean, he wasn't – he was just a great guy, nice guy. 
You know, he was like, the, I don't want to, do, I don't want to, I'm not going to. You know, there are a lot of great guys that never played Major League Baseball. And um, then I was going to compare Buck to the San Diego Chicken and Ted Giamat, whatever Ted's last name is, I can't pronounce it, but that would be diminishing the tremendous beacon of joy that both the Chicken and Buck spread, but Buck's was a little more significant. Uh, now Bob Kendrick, who I suppose I was a little surprised, but I thought it was appropriate for Buck's family to give the presentation as opposed to Bob Kendrick. But um, I'm going to try to get Bob on the podcast again and see what we can do with that. Because Buck was great, Minnie was great, um, you know, a couple other folks that went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Big Poppy, the first known, admitted uh, steroid guy to go into the hall. Okay? His popularity outweighed his steroid use. I don't think he used it for a long time. But um, Sammy Sosa never, ever got caught. Although he may have admitted under, quote, immunity to the congressional inquiry that he might have used some performance-enhancing drugs. But if you're going to let Poppy in, and, you know, there have been rumors about others, and I'm not going to say their names because they're just rumors. And uh, with Big Poppy, you know, it may may have been a good reason. I don't know. And I don't think he abused. I don't think he did it for very long. I just heard he did. I don't know if he did it. I don't think we've proven beyond a reasonable doubt. But... I don't think they're going to let Bonds or Clements, McGuire, Conseco, I'm going to get I don't think they're going to let those guys in. Uh, Roger Maris. How in God's name do you keep Roger Maris out of the Hall of Fame? Two-time MVP. Set the home run record. I don't get that. I don't get that. Um, Anyway, that is about all I got. Except the other guy that got inducted, uh, and I'm not talking about writers or announcers or any of those guys, and, uh, you know, our hat goes off to uh, the guy that got, you know, inducted. He's been around forever. Uh, I don't even remember his name with ESPN. I would if I looked, but I don't. Uh, Jim Cott. And uh, I'm going to compare Cott and Tommy John numbers. I know Cott got a Golden Glove all the time, turned around, and... uh, you know, I don't, I don't see him and Musina and uh, um, Bly Levin as Hall of Famers, but you know that's they are. God love them. I'm not. Anyway, that's it for on the lighter side. We'll be back in ten minutes with our fair, fun-loving, great guy who it's hard to get him to say anything controversial. But that's our old buddy Craig. So when we get back on the air, uh, we will be with Craig. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, we're back as promised. 
on the lighter side of baseball with my good buddy, former co-host of the show. He's kind of abandoned me, but he's back and we're better than ever. Craig Kishan, the voice of the Bucks, the Brewers, and on the lighter side of baseball. Craig, good to see you, buddy. My man, my man, my man. Now, uh, former co-host. That has never been uttered before out of your mouth during all of the episodes that we've been together. Maybe on hiatus, but not for a while. You don't hear the lead-in, buddy. I mean, you don't hear me going through. <laughs> That's okay. true. And when he was 20, he took a job. With, no, you don't hear that. And then I, my co-host, <laughs> Craig Kishan, will be on the show pretty good. I, I sent him some barbecue five years ago, and I think I've, I've pretty well used up my my stuff with him. But anyway, we'll drink a bottle of Nelly's wine. I wanted My to, ice is about to melt, by the way, on that package. <laughs> you know, for you folks that listen, and, and surprisingly, I run into people that actually listen. Um, I typically, the lighter side of baseball is anything but light, and, I, and the target is Tom Ricketts. And it's so much fun to see. So Craig and I do uh, video, but only record. I only record the audio because it would take a lot. Uh, I'm not technically capable of that, and anybody that knows me knows why. But, I mean, I've been mad about Tommy John not being in the hall and Jim Cott being in the hall and Big Poppy being in the hall and why did Poppy get in and Sammy Sosa didn't even get a vote. Anyway, and then then the, the white flag. So I just wanted to congratulate you and your employer because from now on, you only have to worry about the Cardinals winning, to win the division and getting the playoffs. That's it. That's all we worried about anyway. <laughs> well, there was a day, and I knew you when that day was, when the Cubs would actually have a formidable team. Well, we uh, knew going into this season it wasn't going to be formidable. It'll never be formidable as long as uh, Ricketts owns the team because, you know, that. well, we'll go get another Javi Baez. Good luck with that. But if you did catch lightning in a bottle, when he's ready for in five years, it's like, well, we got to get rid of him. And we'll go get another schmuck. I mean, listen to the line. They they could start this lineup against you today. Happen left. Um, this guy Simo, Christopher Morell is awesome, man. He's so good. And uh, Su, whatever his name is, the guy from Japan, um, Suzuki, Chris Bryant at third, Javi Baez at second, Nico Horner. I mean, at short Horner at second, Rizzo at first, uh, Contreras catching, Schwarber, D.H., Castellanos, D.H., Darvish, Stroman, Kendricks, Miley, Smiley. I mean, there's a there's at least a team that would compete with you guys. But no, because, by God, I can try to buy Chelsea for $4 billion, but I ain't going to pay money for these guys when I'm raking it in without having to pay them. And the crazy thing about it is uh, just about every one of those guys that you listed are still playing. And just about every one of those guys are still playing at a very good level, not all of them, but at a very good level. And then some of them maybe who aren't like uh, a hobby bias, you know, sometimes uh, a player will have the right fit and be on the right team. And I think he was clearly uh, the right fit for the Cubs because he's done nothing since, you know, they they traded him away. And, well, 
and then free agency and whatnot. I mean, there's just some players that play, have their careers for the one team that, that has them and they blossom. And then when they move on or sometimes beforehand, they're not the same. And that, that's the sad part about it because, you know, he's got himself a little contract or whatnot, and, but he's unproductive. But if he was, he was on the Cubs with his contract, he'd probably be pretty damn productive. And, yeah. Do you think and you know what Rizzo's done, and I still can't, I still can't get over Chris Bryant ending up with the Rockies. I mean, who in the heck is his agent, man? Gots to be kidding me. It's Gots a, to be kidding me. Take a little less and go to a competitive team. It's the same moron that tried to uh, continue with the lockout, and the same guy that nixed the international, the international draft negotiations, Scott Boris. So Boris was. Uh, was uh, Bryant's agent, and I mean, you're right. Um, I think maybe it takes, let, let's say it takes a year to get settled in, and um, here's, how's Bias going to ever get settled in Detroit unless they put a dome over it, which they're not. But, no. And Chris Bryant, I guess if you want to, I don't know, why, why did he, why would you go, to, if you could go to any team, why would you go there? No, that that's the, I mean, that's a, that's a really basic question. If you could go to any team, why would you choose to go there? Yeah. Um, a, they'll never have pitching. B, it's going to be an anomaly hitting in that ballpark. What are you going to do for the other 80 dates? And, and C, look at the division you're in, dude. You'll never win there. And for the rest of your career, as long as you stay there, you will net the, the Dodgers and the Padres are going to be the two teams to beat in, in the, for the rest of your baseball career, Mr. Bryant. You've yeah. got to be kidding me. Well, and he went to San Diego University. Why wouldn't you tell Boris there's only one place? And, and I don't care if it's $30 million less. Yeah. To San Diego, or I want to go to Anaheim. I mean, talk about a, talk about a moronic franchise. The Angels are leading the league right after the Cubs. Yeah. And and there's strong talk that uh, even though they say it won't happen, but that Otani could potentially get traded. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you can't afford him, what would you get him for? Right. Because if he turned into a star, what's the point of only having him for a few years? I, I think that's the, the theme for all these guys. I mean, if you can't afford – the level of players that you're trying to attract, like the Brewers have a niche. I mean, the, yeah, they got Yelich, which was sort of an anomaly, but they go after guys that are, they think are better than the rest of the market thinks. And they don't give them, you know, they're not, they're not breaking the bank. Um, and they have managed to, with pitching and enough hitting to uh, get it done. And they don't have a personality disorder. They don't believe there's somebody other than who they are. Um, right. They, they seem to, to fit. Um, you know, you got the A's and the Rays that are just jumbling up their teams all the time. But here the, the Cubs have the third largest market in baseball. And then all these other things, uh, the TV, and I don't know. I, I, Here's my theory. These guys, like even Antonazio, they want to they want to give it their all to win once. And after they win once, 
they kind of like want to make more money. It's like, we don't have to win to make money. And that's the Cubs motto. Right. It's like me, keep buying tickets. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of the, the way it is, which is unfortunate. And, um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, certain franchises go through it before. Like how, how did the Red Sox uh, go a hundred years between world series? You know, how did the Cubs go a hundred years between world series or whatever, whatever it is, it's pretty comparative, uh, you know, phrase to use, yeah. you know, <laughs> considering their history and their market and their ownership and that type of thing. And then, you know, yes, Milwaukee has found its niche. I will agree with you on that, but we've never won anything. Uh, The Brewers haven't. They've been the one World Series, um, and that was, you know, 40 years ago. And, and, um, you know, so it's now it's like, okay, can you win? I mean, getting in playoffs is one thing, but, you know, the way they fizzled out the last couple of years is it's been, it's been tough. And so you're like, okay, getting in is great. The pitching is great. Can we get something to balance that out? And, you know, to see, to see the Cubs give all that offense away, you know, last year and all those trades and stuff. And, and just to see the productivity, like Rizzo might be a better player as a Yankee than he was as a Cub. And he was a great Cub for crying out loud. Well, He's motivated, man. He, he looks like he's dropped 30 pounds. I mean, he looks pretty damn good compared yeah. to how he looked here. Um, I think it's the curse of the Central Division in both Maybe. leagues. Maybe. Um, you figure you can you can play 18 games with the Reds, the Cubs, and the Pirates. And, I mean, on a bad day, you're 40 and 15 or whatever the math comes out to. And then you just have to play 500 with everybody else to get in. And then what do you do? Do you care? Do you, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know if they, they don't seem to miss, um, you know, low cane at all. I mean, he just kind of drifted away. No. And I, th- I think for in this particular case, uh, and you know, uh, he holds a, a close place to your heart, uh, as the Royals win a world series with him on that team. And then of course, you know, the Brewers drafted him, traded him to Kansas city and then, you know, get him back to, you know, be the veteran guy. And he was, and he was, he was all that, but he was, you know, it's been a rough uh, three year stretch since the pandemic for him. I think, you know, mentally and physically, um, you know, can you keep up and, and play ball during the pandemic? Uh, what kind of shape are you in, in uh, 2021? Um, how long can you keep that up? And then you get into this year and, you know, he, he couldn't hit and, um, for a team that can't hit as a whole to have another guy that can't hit. And then what do you do when you have guys, uh, young outfielders pushing for playing time that are actually playing better, you got to give them a chance. And, and, um, you know, thankfully they gave him his tenure and, um, as a veteran in the league and, um, and then cut him loose and whatnot. But that, that was one of those necessary evils, you know, uh, but it wasn't like some people like, how can you do that? How can you do that? Well, they're paying him and they, they kept him long enough to get his tenure, which is that's a respect uh, cut right there. Number, he had such a great attitude. It was fun to watch because he's, he, he was always happy. I don't yeah. know if you've gotten much of a chance to see this Christopher Morrell guy. Who, oh, yeah, I've seen him a little bit because we played guys a lot already. 
you know, and he's got a, he's got a nickname, which you know nobody has a nickname anymore. At least the the public knows. You don't you don't see the bird, you don't see the oil can, you don't see El Tiante, but his nickname is Simo, and I love it. I mean, Simo, what a great the guy is so fun to watch. But so is Lorenzo. And when I when I looked at his uh, statistics recently, I was shocked he only played ten years. I would have if you'd asked me, I'd have said fifteen, maybe sixteen. He seemed like he was with the Royals forever. And then, um, you know, you raised that trade for Grinky, And um, there were some big names that the Royals got back from that, including Kane. But they got Alcides Escobar and they got, yep. um, oh, I don't think he's still pitching, but the guy um, had a little marijuana trouble, the relief pitcher. Uh, oh, Jeremy Jeffress. Jeremy Jeffress. You also got um, um, the other, the starting pitcher that developed with you guys at GM. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I always call him over easy. But yes. Over easy. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he's still pitching, I think. Still pitching. I think he's with the Rays right now, if not somebody else. But yeah. um, but he went to, to, to Tampa after you guys had him. You traded him for somebody. I don't know. But um, – so yeah, you got you got a deal out of that. That's for well, sure. And here's this kid, Zach Branke, who didn't want to play baseball, wanted to hang out with George Brett at George's house and go over to George's golf club. And you know, they claimed he had some kind of you know, maybe he had um attention deficit disorder that they were able to address. At least that was a rumor. And now what? He's got Hall of Fame numbers and he's still pitching. Um and he, he's changed his game, obviously. He doesn't have the fastball like he used to, but he's still winning. No, but he still had <clears> – <throat> I mean, in addition to his fastball, he had like six other pitches he threw yeah. and yeah. still and still does. But, I mean, I mean, this is a guy, though, that uh, never went on the injured list. He's, he's got a rubber band arm. I mean, he could be like Clemens-like and pitch well into his 40s if he wanted to. And he might. I mean, I, I don't know. You talk about a different personality, he sure might. Well, yeah. I mean, it, to go back with the Royals, I guess you got to be – I don't know what would motivate anybody to want to go to the Royals, but I don't know what would motivate anybody to want to go to the Rockies or the Tigers or or anything else. But um, I don't know. I just uh, – I think the Cubs – could by the end of by August second get rid of Contreras, Hap, Robertson, who's been great in the bullpen. Can, um, Hendricks, they're talking about getting rid of Hendricks and Givens, this really good kid that's a, a relief pitcher that hadn't given up a run in the last sixteen or seventeen innings, got the save yesterday. So I mean, here we go again. Yeah, get it. You got some great, uh, great um, trade pieces that, unfortunately, I don't see the uh, the Central Division rival uh, Brewers and Cubs negotiating for. Um, you know, especially especially for something to be long term. Like if somebody was a rental, that's different. But I don't think I don't think what we're talking about are rentals on the Cubs here right now. Yeah, I mean, so. It, it, at its best, you're getting a player. Now they move the trade deadline a couple of days. So you're getting a guy um, for two months. Right. And he's got to move. 
And if you like yeah. go to the Mets where that's a rumor, I mean, you got to figure out how you're going to get to the ballpark. You got all the distractions of playing in New York and you're there for 60 days and then you're a free agent. Now, nobody's going to give up a top prospect, nor did they last year. The Cubs got virtually nothing for Darvish, Bryant, all those guys. Zero. Yeah. That's the problem with, with, um, with the, I mean, the trades where you just say, here are five of our minor league guys, and they're all in the, in the top 100. You can have five of them. I mean, those, those days are, are, in my opinion, gone because, first of all, um, like a team like the Yankees, I don't think they have a very deep farm system. Most of these, most of these big, big money-making free agent spending clubs, you know, just don't have that. Um, and, and when they do, they got to, they got to be careful to say, well, this is the guy that we're really going to use. And we have like a 10 year earmark on this guy to be in the franchise, you know, to be in a position or two or to pitch, you know, that's kind of how like the Dodgers have done it. Otherwise then they go just go out and buy everybody. Yeah. So, but, but that's kind of how it's done now. I, I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting. You know, the whole Soto thing is crazy to think about it's because okay. you can't, you can't help but think about anything other than one of the biggest boatload single trades. You know, I don't even know how you get a multiple uh, three team trade out of that. When we're talking about one guy. Well, there's, I don't, I can't tell you who they are. Although I thought the Nationals were one of them, there are a couple teams that are that seem to the Royals are another not having any trouble dealing with Scott Boris, whereas most people don't want to see yeah. him through the door. Um, I mean, Soto's represented by Boris, who turns down what four hundred and forty million or forty for fifteen years. Um, I mean, it would it would I mean he's twenty three, so it would keep him as a National till he's thirty eight. So and there's your contract, you know, and owner supposedly coming in. They do. And that's been the other talk that they're not going to make any deals until they solidify new ownership and then see what the new ownership wants to do. And I mean, if, if you're thinking of buying a team, unless you're um, ultra tight with the current owners and uh, ultra guaranteed that um, a $440 investment for the next 15 years is going to work. Why would you buy that team right now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, these other these other buyers must be saying we're out. If you sign him and we're out, if you trade him, we want to have control of that. That's if your team is up for sale, he's on it. Yeah. He's in the deal. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Doesn't it? It does, it, except that there are guys like that um, guy in New York. Is it um, Cohen? Who bought Cohen? Them? Yeah, the guy that bought the Mets for four billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, there are other there are a lot of rich idiots out there that aren't going to maybe drive a hard bargain. It's but there are also guys that have a large workforce of lawyers that are saying stuff like, "We want control over that guy." You know, we want him in the deal. We want control over the concessions and we want the bat boy to be my son. So who knows what these guys come up with, but, um, you know, I, are we to the point where really loving the game is a wasted effort? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that because you and I are talking about it. You have a podcast based on baseball. You went to the Cubs game yesterday. Um, I still work in the business. I always have a game on, it seems like, even if I'm um, not terribly interested in the two teams that I'm watching. Um, I mean, I'll just say it like this, Jamie. There is no better... um, slogan that has ever been invented in sports than America's pastime because that that's that's what baseball still is to me it still is it's still to me America's pastime means it's your still a close friend and I you know I don't want to cut ties with my close friend because I have no reason to um but I have a lot of close friends that I probably bitch and moan about like we're doing right now about baseball. So <laughs> that's part of the deal, man. Can you legally, if you wanted to, can you call up FanDuel and bet or because you're employed by, I know the employment situation, is it's either or, and I know the answer, but I, there's no need to talk about it, but you're either employed by uh, Bally or the Brewers or both, but are you prohibited from betting on the Brewers? I don't. I I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, I really Come don't. On, how much have you laid off on the game today? Oh, if I wouldn't know what to do. My the wallet could only talk. No, I, 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 I honestly, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question. First of all, I don't know the answer because I'm not. A, I don't bet. Right. I mean, I, I bought. I bought two Mega Million uh tickets this past week and i can tell you that as much as i know about it i i matched the mega ball so uh in no other numbers so i got to go back to the quick trip store and say look at my ticket i have the mega deal thing number and they're like oh well here's two dollars you can buy another one so i did and i didn't match any numbers last night but nobody else did either so I get to play for a billion dollars now. Wow. Hey, look, if if you win, you're buying dinner. So I'm 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 over the air saying yes, I do bet, but that's what I bet on, I guess. No. If that's betting. Uh, the, I don't understand the betting in baseball. I can figure out football, you know, if you take the points or if you bet the over under. In baseball, it's like plus 115 or minus 380, and I have no idea. It's, they seem to be, but but all these shows it wins above replacement and uh, war and that it's it's all goes hand in hand. Don't get me started. How's the attendance been in Brew Country? Uh, good, I would say. I don't think it's been great. I think it's been good, um, but I I've noticed um, uh, everywhere that there are very 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 full houses around baseball. I think I think the Dodgers do a, a pretty good job, but I don't think they sell out a lot. Uh, the Cardinals, every time I see a Cardinals game uh, at their ballpark, it's remarkably empty compared to what we're used to seeing. Um, I don't know how many sellouts the Brewers have had, but they're, you could probably count them on one hand. Um, but I think they're, I think their average attendance is probably in the, in the mid to upper twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, bobblehead giveaways aren't sellouts anymore. You know, we get about. They need a Craig Kishon bobblehead. They do. They probably should get one every Sunday, to be That's honest. With you, to, out, baby. to pack them out. Yeah. So, Send but me. I don't know. I mean, I look at Cubs games too, and it's kind of funny. 
how going to a Cubs game has become purely a, uh, uh, a day of entertainment because I swear opening pitch, there's nobody in the stands. Right. Second, third inning, you've got the Dodger crowd arriving, you know, right. Crazy. It never used to be that way. No, no, no. You're right. Uh, I read the other day that 23 out of the 30 major league teams are uh, uh, lower in percentage uh, attendance from last year. That that I do believe. I do believe that. My, I think the only time I've sold my tickets on StubHub for more than face value was the Mets game. Um, Interesting. That maybe fifty percent, but now the tickets are overpriced by Ricketts, but they're good seats. The um, but you're right. It's a, it's like going to Disneyland. Um, if you want to go down to Florida or Orlando, people are going to go to a lot of different amusement parks, but they always want to go to Disney World. Right. People come to Chicago in the the nice summer weather, and it has been pretty nice. They they don't want to go out to the cell and risk their life. They want to go out to the north side and watch the Cubs. The Cubs, who are 20 games under 500, averaging 34,000 a game, according to the statistics. Now, So is that like a top five? Uh, probably. It's What I looked at was the White Sox, who are playing 500 ball and should be in first place but aren't, they're averaging 24,000. It's 10,000 less in the same town than the White Sox, than the Cubs. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like nobody nobody wants to jump on the red line and go out to commit Comiskey or the cell or guaranteed, whatever it's called. And I'm sure Reinstorf's bitching about not having a dome now that Lori Lightfoot said the Bears could have a dome. Well, I mean, think about, too, how you preface this. You said coming to Chicago now, if you treat it like Disneyland, what what are you going to do? What's like if you go to Disneyland, what's the number one thing you got to do when you get there? You got to go see the castle. Right. You got to see the castle. And if you're in Chicago, if you're, if, you know, less than shopping or going out to eat, I mean, above going to a show. You want to go in the summer, you want to go to a Cubs game. That's exactly it. So, and you're not going to, they don't care how long the game lasts. I've talked to people next to me and they go, God, can you believe, you know, maybe next year with the pitch clock? And they go, we don't care. It's the only game we go to. We want to go on for five hours. We don't care. It's great. You know, as long as they don't stop selling beer until the eighth inning, we're good. Yeah. Um, It's, and, you know, you're not going to leave Disneyland until you've seen the castle or gone on the runaway mine train or right. done that. But people aren't going to leave. You know, I thought about my walkout. Well, why don't you guys, let's all walk out. You know, why are we doing that? We only come to one game. We want to we wanna hear Go Cubs Go. And uh, Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. Um, I miss going down there. I You know, I haven't been down there since 2019. Some of the teams are traveling. I had, um, I'm trying to think. I, I got together with Stats in April. I think the Rays played the White Sox and the Cubs. So he was like here for a week. Wow. And so those guys are traveling. I, I imagine that, uh, oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. The, the All-Star game. Did you watch the All-Star game? Um, 
Not much at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Has so what did I miss? Has Summerland Derby lost its appeal? Oh, well, I, wa- I watched part of that, but that was, I mean, that was as long as the, it was four hours long. It's, yeah. It's and what are we watching? What, I mean, the, no pitcher had a no hitter in that one. There weren't any walks. There weren't, there weren't any doubles that meant anything. It was all about home runs. And that went for four hours. And then when you think that the old man Pujols can beat the young man Soto, they give Soto an extra minute in the bonus round to beat down the old man. So he won anyway. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, uh, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yes, it's lost his appeal. It should be it, it should be a two-hour affair. It should be. And they they came out with a new format. If the game's tied after nine, they had another home run derby. Did you see that? I did. I did. And actually I was, I was monitoring my phone to, to hoping the game would be tied for, so I could turn it on. I think they should have like a two and a half hour time limit, get everybody in the game. that you want to get in the game. And at the end of two and a half hours, you have, hopefully it's tied. Then you have a short home run hitting contest and get, kiss everybody. Good night. Okay. So one more on that. My biggest beef about the all-star game now is this used to be the greatest all-star game in sports. Right. And now uh, they have a voting process that is uh, well-distributed, well-publicized, and they have a formula to get the greatest stars on, on the front stage to be seen first. And a lot of these guys... Uh, elect not to attend the game. Yeah. So um, now what? Now we've got 80 guys invited. It was 80 or 81 guys invited. And we're we're not playing that many guys in a game. So NBA's all-star game, they, their rosters during the year are 17 players on the regular season in the all-star game. They take, 12 guys on each team. That's it. And they play from beginning to end. It's now become the all-star showcase in pro sports because your stars actually show up and they actually play. The, the red carpet thing was a joke. I wanted to throw up. I don't know if yeah. you watched any of it, but I'm, I didn't see that. I'm going to give you one break. Don't go anywhere for a minute. We're going to put you on hold. I got to, it's raining. I got to shut the windows. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big time we are. Oh, thanks, man. It's just pouring here, and wow. uh, my my lovely bride doesn't turn on the air conditioning, so we got all the windows open, even though it could be 110 degrees. So I had to quick shut the uh, shut the windows here at the studio. I have a uh, I I have a lovely bride slash manager of the uh, facilities that feels the same way. Oh my God! I can't wait for Pam and Kay to get together. They can. Now is is your lovely bride sensitive about people who give her grief about uh, her air conditioning? Of course, you live in Wisconsin, so it's a little different. Well, yeah. So okay. So the last two days here, it was like seventy five degrees, no humidity, no dew point, and it was perfect. And then out of nowhere, like today, is eighty two degrees, which is very tolerable. But all of a sudden to me, very humid again. Yeah. 
And she's like, well, I didn't notice the humidity that much. <laughs> like, Then I, I look at the temperature inside the house and it says it's 81. That's a little warm in the house. Uh, so we've compromised it. somehow, but I'm not sure what that is other than the fact that I'm sitting under a ceiling fan. So, yeah, no, I mean, we'll go to sleep at, you know, at night with the temperature 85 and, you know, she'll go, do you really need a ceiling fan? <laughs> Holy God, it's like Cuba. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, it's raining in the bedroom and it's just from the humidity. Oh, That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to baseball or back to something. Um, I just uh, <laughs> I laughed. I almost called you. I almost texted you. And then I said, well, I don't know where these texts end up sometimes. But I noticed quickly that the lovely voice of Joseph Buck wasn't doing the uh, All-Star game because he's no longer with Fox because he signed a gazillion dollar deal with somebody to do football. Right. So did that make you happy? It did until I heard the, this is how unhappy I was with the broadcast team. I was hoping BA would come in and do the game. I know yeah, he, say well, he doesn't work for Fox. So, yeah. so he can't. So, but the guy, but the guy Joe Davis, who who's not the new voice, he replaced, you know, Vin Scully in, in Los Angeles. He he's from Michigan, and he went to college at Beloit College here in Wisconsin. So we do have some claim to fame there from from our fine Badger State there. Um, I'll have to listen to him some more, but he was boring. Boring, boring. And Smolsey has outlived his... I mean, I thought... I don't know if you saw the part where the Toronto pitcher, whatever his name is, Manoa or whoever, Smolsey was calling pitches for him. You know, they were wired up. He had sound. I, I did see that they had some of the pitchers uh, on a mic, yeah. So Smolsey, he said, John, what should I throw now, basically, in his broken English? And Smolsey's going, slider, back ankle. And I mean... He'd throw it and he'd go, oh, I overthrew it, Smolsey. What should I throw now? Now, I don't know if the catcher – somebody asked me yesterday when I was telling that story, well, did the catcher know what was coming? I go, I don't know how pitch There's count. no way he knew. <laughs> so that was <laughs> like, just catch, just catch this. Line up, yeah, line up yeah. over center, you quarterback. <laughs> yeah. uh, go in shotgun mode. That was fun. The rest of it is just – it's like the World Series. I can't – you know, they say they're going to get a pitch clock. They say that they're going to do away with the shift. Um, I'm for all that. I'm against the RoboCop, RoboUp. But I don't know. I mean, it's a boring product right now. They need to do something. I mean, they just. Well, I'd like to see him spice it up. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as vocal as uh, you are on your podcast, obviously, about um, broadcasting and broadcasters and and pace of the game and stuff. But I, I mean, you know that I don't know anybody who wouldn't want to see the pace of the game increase. I mean, I, I think there's a few, um, there's a few people out there in the game playing the game that, that quite honestly have no problem with the pace of the game because it's, they just look at it. It's their job. And and they're saying, well, this sure beats working, you know, I'm playing a game, and if it lasts 
four hours instead of three, so be it, you know, your job could take you nine hours to do today. And they're, they're just doing their job. And I'm not kidding when I say that they have like, there's no way that we can talk to players or managers or coaches about pace of play. I mean, it is 99% of them don't want to hear about it because it's, it's their, their quote unquote jobs. And I, I get that. And I find that interesting. And I bring that up because they're the ones that are playing it. And, and there's, there's oodles of money in this business. And I think, you know, I think there, there are certain things that they would like to do. Like the commissioner would say, let's, let's pick up the pace of game and whatnot, but they're not, they're not doing it and testing it on the major league level. They're, they're testing it on the, all this stuff is going on in the minor leagues. And I, I think in one aspect, Jamie, what could happen could take a number of years to develop. And that is basically prepping the future of baseball to play under a clock of some sort. But I don't, I don't think this clock is, is, it may come in next year. I don't know. I'd be very surprised. In my opinion, I see this clock being way down the road because of the guys that are playing the game now have did not play under a clock. And it would definitely change how they not only grew up, but became professionals and millionaires playing this game. It would change them. Well, especially the pitching strategy seems to be just stand there for a while. You know, the catcher doesn't give the signal sometimes. For- it is. Every pitcher will tell you they're, they're, they're taught, if they're college players, they're taught to, if, we're, if you're a relief pitcher, you are not supposed to come in and pick up the pace of the game. You're not supposed to come in and uh, change it that way. You're supposed to be in control and take your time and gather yourself and be in control. And that's going to be the best you on the mound. Every one of these guys is told that. So, you know, this whole clock thing is a big contradiction to what these guys are playing and what they think is going to go on in the near future. What if you think the minimum salary was 50 grand? what they'd be saying if the most of these guys were getting 50 grand because like 50 well that's not even minimum salary though that's like that's like a week's worth I mean, for, I mean, that's an I, innings worth to one soto yeah but go back in time do you think if if they weren't making millions would their attitude be i don't give a shit as long as i'm getting all this money i mean think if they were playing well i mean in in respect to in respect to um time of game let's face it what what has pushed the time of game over the years it's been television it's been ads it's been mandatory um hey are you ready to go if you were uh, a non-televised game even in the 70s and early 80s no tv today um we're not worrying about radio spots they'll catch up but there's no tv today so uh, oh, you want to pitch right now? Oh, we just got done hitting. Well, let's go. Yeah. And it's been 25 seconds, so everyone's ready to go. We don't need to warm up the infield or whatever or get a drink. So we're ready to go. So that's what they did. Then then we came in with one-minute commercials, and we came in with 90-second commercials, then we came in with two-minute commercials, then we came in with two-and-a-half-minute commercials. Then they kicked us back down to two minutes. Then the network comes in. And their games are three-minute breaks. Then you get into the 
playoff games and there might be three or three and a half minute breaks, you know, that oh, type of thing. The split screen. So you hear the commercial and see mm-hmm. if you've got good vision, the game. And they do that with golf and they'll do, they do it with football and playing, yep. through, the, playing through the whatever. Yep. Um, if I were the commissioner of baseball with respect to the all-star game, in the world series, um, I believe so much in the entertainment value of the announcer. I would, I would, until he dies or he just refuses to get on a private jet to go where the all-star game was, I'd have Euchre do a couple innings. I mean, even if he was there with, um, with somebody else, I mean, he's such, he's a hall of famer and that's one thing I do. Then I do, um, other guys. I mean, you can, you can probably go through and pick out 10 or 15 of the top TV and radio guys and bring them in uh, to go with Joe Davis or to go with whoever it is. Um, I guess I don't, the only conclusion, they don't care about their ratings. You know, they've got these long-term contracts um, because it's not entertaining. I mean, to listen to Smoltz, and then you throw in Costa sometime, and it's, he's gotten, I don't know. Um, it's so different when you listen to the Cubs. when um, And, and DeShays has floated downhill, in my opinion. And again, it's only my opinion. Uh, because I think your, your, your buddy Shrimp Scampy, all he does is a, a 13% of the fastballs get hit on the ground between third base and shortstop within a four foot region. And 19% of the balls are hit at 85 mile exit velocity. And that's not going to cut it. I mean, it's, then you put when shrimp scampi is gone, John, Boog, whatever his name is, when, he, he's just, he's, when he's gone, they bring in um, the radio guy, Pat Hughes. And Sutcliffe, they're great. I mean, it's really easy. Like when you were doing it with Plesak, it, it doesn't take a, a, a taste panel of 50 people to decide whether that's good or bad. It's good shit. And when it's this not... It's a family you know, show. What's that? This is a family show. Yeah, sorry. You always remind me of that. But it's... It, Apparently, you know, when we grew up, you listen to the transistor, you listen to the radio. I mean, even Milo Hamilton was better than these. Uh, it's just pet peeve. But, you know, like you That's said. That's a nice rant you went on. What's that? It was your big rant of the day. That was At least with rant. me. You know, and as you said. I would just let you rant? No. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I hope you enjoyed Craig. He didn't talk. <laughs> Okay. Oh, it's all good, man. I, I get it. I get Tell it. Me. I like your idea of having like, um, all like pick an all star list of local announcers to go call an an inning each of the all star game together. It would be a thrill of a lifetime for for those of us in the business. And and why not? It's one game a year. I mean, I get it. You get you need to have you need to have you know, your, your top level guys, uh, call them playoff games and stuff and, and the national select games and stuff like that. I totally get that, but it would, it's a, it's a kind of a neat idea. It would be an honor, uh, to be a part of that. If, if, uh, you know, that was ever, uh, like if you're commissioner, I like your idea. 
When are you, are you going to be commissioner soon? I don't think so. No, not happening. I don't think it's happening. No, I can't even, you know, get a gig being the ground crew at the local field across the street. No, I'm not. I'm not I don't have. You don't want to do that, though. You're I, beyond I, that. I got to tell you, I have the uh, I have the ability and I have the um, experience to pretty much do anything other than play Major League Baseball. I could manage. I could coach. I could be with you on the but I just don't have my team of advisors that are getting me these gigs. Like the commissioner would be a nice gig. President of the Hall of Fame, good gig. Uh, broadcasting the White Sox, good gig. But the guys are, my team is letting me down is what my, my point, you know? Yes. And, and use the word um, team in the new modern way, my team. My team is like my sponsor. It's... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's uh, as I used to say in court, it's illusory. <laughs> so did you ever, when you were in court with your, with your firm or your, I don't even know what you call it with the, with the, everyone that's being a lawyer with you, did you, did you call them your team? Was it like your defense team or your prosecution team or? You wouldn't in front of a jury, but you know, if you were getting, if you got a new case, you would probably, depending on the size of the case, pick a team and they'd be sort of a team. But, you know, when you're the, when you're the leadoff man, the cleanup hitter and the uh, main announcer, you really don't want to dwell on the guys. Well, so, but that's my thing now. Um, see, you're, you're out of touch in the modern day because here's what happens now in, in businesses uh, of of all types, whether it's front office and, and these sports franchises, or it's right. um, uh, law practice, or if it's uh, general sales, if you have people who you work with and you're in charge of them, it's not so much like you're the manager, the sales manager anymore. This is you say this is my team, and so when you say it's my team, then people know you're in charge. If you say uh, this is our team, that means you're a team member and you are not in charge, but you are a player among the group. So, see, everything comes back to sports, no matter what we talk about. And my team would start with a publicity director and a coordinator of social media activities, along with a production crew. And my team is you occasionally and me all the time. And that's why there's been a month that I, I just couldn't bring myself to do a podcast. There, there, you weren't around, you were busy, you were ducking me. And uh, there was nothing good to talk about. There wasn't anything funny at all. Um, but now I'm back. And now, I'm ba- now, now I'm here's back, the thing. I'm now back without a team, but I'm back. You're- your team, yes, you are on a team. You're on uh, Team K, and it's known as the High Humidity Association. It is, a, and you will you will work and live under those uh, eighty five degree terms. If you want to know what life in Havana is like? You come to my house. <laughs> you come here. Here's a you funny story. Good cigar down there to smoke. I do. Yeah. But I'm not allowed to, I mean, I feel bad. The 
you know, it's like an over 55 neighborhood. I don't want to give anybody lung disease. So I don't know where to, you know, if I'm out. You're allowed to have a cigar and you're 55 plus. I don't know. I have never seen anybody smoke. It's a good question. How come, how come you're in such a young uh, residence area? Well, I learned. That, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, well, the other day I said, is that old guy peed off yet? And my buddy goes, uh, that old guy's a lot younger than we are. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, I don't. The social media escapes me. I don't have a team. No sponsor. I have some oversight problems. So I, I get my... I'll try to tell this story quickly. It has nothing to do with baseball. I get my Xfinity bill, and it's supposed to be paid by the Homeowners Association, so I shouldn't have a bill. But before they negotiated a new deal, I want to make sure I had the Golf Channel. So I called somebody in New Delhi and told them I want the Golf Channel for Xfinity, and I think they said fine. So the bill is like 10 bucks from time to time. I really didn't look at the bill, and when I did, I couldn't see what I was getting paid for, what I was paying for. So it's up to 21 bucks. And I finally call someone who I understood very little of what they said. But what I said was, or what I understood was when I asked them, what in the world do I have that's costing 21 bucks? And she goes, Playboy Channel. Wow. I Get said, out of town. I said, I have the Playboy Channel. She goes, yeah. And I go, I can tell you unequivocally I've never ordered Playboy Channel. I've never watched Playboy Channel. I didn't even know it still existed. If I wanted Playboy Channel, my next question would be, what channel is it on? But I don't. <laughs> and so for an hour, we went back and forth. And then she started to cross-examine me about, well, pull your bill up. And if you go to add-on and click that, you can see it's the Playboy Channel. <laughs> I said, How long have you been paying for that and not knowing well, it? Ten, ten and a half months. Wow. So then there's no way you're going to get reimbursed or a credit on that. She, so she, every time we would get to an argument, she said, I need to investigate. Let me put you on hold. So this went on for an hour. And at the end of the hour, she said, we'll refund all your money. It'll be on your next bill. Now, do we believe that? Not for a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, you send me a you send me a, a text when that happens. I will. I yeah. will. Um, there's some guys on your team that I don't even know their names that are having pretty good years. Who are? I, I mean, I know that Ben Gamble's not on the team anymore. Uh, no, neither uh, is Daniel Vogelbach, who was. Uh, yeah. So he was with the. They're both on the Pirates, but now uh, Vogelbach got traded to the Mets earlier this week. I saw. What's the deal with fat first base? I mean, I'm fat, but I mean, the Rowdy Tellum is not exactly. Um, Rowdy hit a three run home run today. Did the Brewers win? But he's he's a big dude. Like Vogelback is is he's kind of a shorter, stoutier guy. But Telez would would Telez would kick our ass like in a heartbeat. He's a big dude. How about uh, Vogelback's bat speed? I mean, the dude. Got some speed on that bat. Well, yeah, he can, he can, I'm telling you, he can hit. You know who drafted him? The Cubs. Yeah. And then, he was, and then he was, I think he was an all-star for Seattle for, for one season and then ended up, is that where we got him from? I can't even remember. I think it was, but anyway, yeah, he's been around. He's a softball player. Let's face it. 
They drafted LeMahieu. They drafted Eloy Jimenez. They drafted uh, Trave, whatever, uh, Glybor Torres. I mean, they've traded away Hall of Famers, including Vogelback. He'd be great. I'd go see him. You know how he could make money doing the Vienna beef if he'd get signed up to do Vienna beef commercials? Vienna beef and a bud. Beef and a bud or Usinger, whatever they call it. I never used <laughs> I need you to tell me that every time. Now, who, who's playing left? No, Yelch is in left. Who's the outfielder? The so Hunter Renfro, oh, we got uh, from the Red Sox, for, you know, during the offseason. He's, he's, he's when healthy, he's he's doing well. He's not the guy that wears his socks up high. He does, yeah. Um, and of course, we have Andrew McCutcheon. I like him. We had Locaine, and uh, he was released. Um, the other we also have a guy named Tyrone Taylor, who who was one of the young guys. They they said to Kane, we got to play him. Um, and then we have another guy. His name is Jonathan Davis. That's the guy. Uh, he's not a very big player, but I'm telling you what, he makes. Telez just hit a second home run in this game, by the he way. Yeah. Finally here. Eight to three. You're you're up on the twins eight to three. Yeah. So anyway, this Davis kid's already made a bunch of highlight reel catches and he's very part-time. Uh so and so that's our outfield here right now. Um I mean, we have a bunch of guys that, you know, a lot of people I mean, we don't have we had zero position player all stars this year, zero. Um, our pitching staff still pretty good, but very injured. So we're we're trying to get healthy. Third to first, who you got? Uh, Urias at third. Um, also, Jace Peterson and Mike Brassauer over there to share some time. Uh, Willie Adamas is a shortstop. He's probably the biggest name position player we have. Colton Wong is at second base. Uh, he won a Gold Glove last year with us. He only had two errors, and he's already got nine errors this year. Did he get sent out for a while or was that? No, he was injured for a while, but he's back. Urias got um, sent out? Did somebody get sent out? Um, Keston Hira did. Okay. He's what, been back and forth. Is, is he ever playing? He has not played on a regular basis yet this year. Then you got to. You know, on the minors, he's hitting like 450. So, I mean, what do you do? You know, you, you bring him back for a little while and then and then he won't play for six or seven games. And then he, then he's not hitting and then he send, he send him back out. So. Forgot the all star catcher, another guy that comes. Omar Narvaez. No, Victor Caratini. Oh, the other all star catcher. Yeah. He's good. Uh, he, he's been pretty good. Our catcher's uh, offense collectively have not been great this year. But they've been done a nice job behind the plate. You know, Caratini is a it's a really the really good story for that one is you probably remember, but I'll I'll remind our thousands of listeners that that um uh opening day, no, the day before the opener, so the last day of spring training, he was suspended for 80 games. Uh he was no uh, Pedro Severino was. Oh, so he was our backup catcher. And then, so he suspended for not only half the season, but when he returns, he's allowed to play in the second half. When he returns, 
he's not allowed to play in the postseason. Yeah. So what do you do with that guy? And we, you know, we acquired him during the off season and paid him and stuff. So, so the Brewers had to like suddenly patch together, like, what do we do? We don't have a backup catcher right now. And they made a trade with the Padres the night before the season opener. And he flew in the morning of the uh, uh, game against you guys in Chicago it was a day game and Flew in, got in at 11 a.m., met the guys, and played in the opener, finished catching and pinch hit. That, I mean, that speaks volumes for a guy like that. I mean, I always like Caratini, but to me, that's that's that story alone is the epitome of who he is. Yeah, and under the players' agreement, he could have taken three days to get to Milwaukee. I mean, yeah, it's always nice when a guy, you know, doesn't want to miss yep. it and flies in. I, um, what's with Hader? I mean, he looks human the, the last few games. Yeah, he's gone through. So once once a year for the last few years, he's looked human for about a month. And um, he looked really human for a few games. And um, and now we're hoping he looks, you know, like Superman here again. So he's getting back to, to going. Before he went human, he was unreal. I mean... Yeah, he was more unreal than he's usually, and he's always unreal. I mean, and uh, you know, um, Boxcar Burger, whatever his name is, and, Boxcar uh, Burger, and Devin Williams is to me could be the reliever of the year um, this year. Screwed up, twenty-eight straight uh, appearances he's not been scored upon, and he doesn't come generally doesn't come in with inherited runners either. I mean, you know, he he's lights out. Lights out. For the million listeners out there, they may not remember that he's the guy that, uh, during the celebration of getting into the playoffs, punched the wall and broke his hand or whatever and couldn't play in the playoffs. Right, Williams? Thanks for reminding us of those great stories. So is is his head back on straight now? I mean, we ask hard-hitting questions here, Craig. Apparently we do. I think you just remember stuff in the past that the rest of us forget. Well, I, I do remember the 59 World Series like it was yesterday. I do Is our remember, time up? I do remember Aramis hitting a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth at Wrigley that beat the Brewers. Oh, my God. Stop. Other than my Then he became a Brewer. Where'd you go? Don't go away. <laughs> All right. Our contractual agreement. Is having to say goodbye to Craig now, folks. So this is going to now I I went past my time. So this is going to take me until like the spring of 23, right? um, When we get together, I'll bring a bottle of GTS and then a bottle of $10 wine to cover the difference. There you go. That's my style right there. Don't go anywhere. Hold on, folks. No. And there you are, folks, on the letter side. You heard it from the legend of Milwaukee. The spirit of Milwaukee, the guy that drives the Brewers, Craig Kishon, coming back for another appearance. God love him. All right, Craig, be good. Go Brewers. Keep my playoff tickets handy, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? <laughs> he raised his thumb because he's, you know, I gave him a lot of amount of time, and he's out of it, so he won't talk anymore. All right, bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.